Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. Mark my words, Michael Knight will die. I am the voice of Knight Industry 2000's microprocessor. You wish to eat, you wish to drink, you wish to reproduce. Yeah. Which one first? Uh, excuse me, I was looking to find a good student phone. I think you're in the wrong department. Discipline has never been a problem, my dear. Hey, Greg. What? Um, so, I've been battling gout for the last 12 hours. Oh, really? Um... And I, I, I gear, I, I'll tell you exactly what happened, because we were trying to figure out why the hell my gout would flare up after over a year and a half of not having one little freaking flare up, and it is exactly I can pinpoint the moment that it started to happen. Can I? Can I take a guess? Yes, please. Um, margaritas. Or I mean, you're in the same. You're scotch? in the same vein. The scotch. You're in the. You're in the same. Fa- it's it's the alcohol family. Okay. The alcohol family love it. It is because, and now I want our listeners to understand. I'm not a I'm not a heavy drinker, but since the quarantine, I have been I've been probably having a little nightcap after <laughs> everyone goes to bed. Some nights I'll have like a I'll have a gin and tonic with you know after dinner, and then you know a little bit. I'm not drinking excessively, but because of the increase of alcohol, I woke up at about two thirty this morning, and my entire left ankle was throbbing uncontrollably. <laughs> Wow, that sounds sorry I'm laughing. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Great. I think you used the word throbbing. <laughs> it was so bad though. Well, and Kristen was the one who pinpointed it. She was like, you know, I, I guarantee you this is the alcohol because of the last thirty days you've had more alcohol than you usually do. It's a very mild case of it, but it hurts like a mother, and thank God I actually still have I still had a dose left of the uh, super anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. that I was taking the last time. Yeah. So hopefully it'll make it subside, and by tomorrow I'll be better. But man, oh man, for the love of God, did it hurt? I'm sorry. That's that's <laughs> no fun. I'm... So I'm not drink. <laughs> what? What? I said I'm not drinking alcohol right now. I'm actually I'm enjoying my Mandarin seltzer. Mandarin seltzer. That sounds pretty good. I've I've been. We bought a bunch. I bought a bunch more of a lime today. We bought so many limes last time at the grocery store that I'm actually regretting having so many because I'm not going to be able to have anything to drink probably for at least another five to six days. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, this, eh, it's all right. Well, I don't know if you if you saw from the post I put out yesterday about watching Terminator at one o'clock in the morning. Sure did. Yeah, it's that's a direct result of after buying two cases of beer. So there you go. No, that. Let me ask. Let me ask you a question. Did you? Were you just up at one, or did you go to sleep earlier and then wake up and couldn't go oh, back no, to sleep? Oh, no, I was up. No. Oh, you were just up. Yeah, we just got off, had gotten off of a Zoom call with some good friends in New, New York, and uh, yeah. we did that for three hours. I'm like, oh, wow, look at that. It's like 1230. We've been doing that forever. And Christy yeah. went to bed. I'm like, there's no way I can go to sleep right now. So I threw in Terminator and ate some <laughs> prosciutto wrapped in whatever. Oh, like, that sounds hot. Did you yeah. actually, did you watch the whole movie? Most of it, no. Oh, okay. I was like, you know. I watched, I, I, I put in a good effort, but I was okay. like, if I, if I go to bed now, I'm just going to have heartburn and be awake all night. So, well, you texted me a little later this morning than you usually do, which led me to believe when I, and then when I checked the Instagram, I noticed that you had posted so early in the morning. So I figured you tried to sleep in a little bit this morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, I, it's not so much a choice. I, I no. had to. Yeah. No, I know. I know you did. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so hey, Greg. Hey, Dave. Welcome to Champa and Klein, the Night Rider years. It's a podcast by two remote friends who share a love of classic 80s television. I'm your host, Dave Champa. I'm your other host, Greg Klein. 
Now, oh, what are you opening there? It's a Geary Summer Ale, David. Oh, sweet. Wow. Love it. Now, if you're new to the show, the basic idea is that Greg and I choose a classic show from the 80s and we dissect it episode by episode. While we do poke fun at the shows a lot, it is out of complete love and admiration for an era that can never be completed. Or replicated. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Who, who gives a shit? Nobody listens anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, occasionally we will create our own side story within an episode to see where it takes us uh, also Greg is convinced that all 80s television and movies are connected within the same universe mm-hmm. so that comes into play many many times throughout although as I'm thinking about it I don't know if we've done that a lot in season 3 have we tried to connect these universes a lot not really I think we've just been so enthralled with the actual episodes that I don't think we've gone down those roads very much in this one no and I I, I, I I hesitate to say, but I think you'll agree. I don't know if we're going to be able to do it with this episode either. <laughs> no, I mean, though, there there is something that I connected to that movie, Killdozer. Oh, I sure did, second I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, no, this was, this was a... This was a good episode, but it for... was a fantastic episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to say before we kind of jump into the episode, or do you want to just get into it? Dave, I think we should just get right up and inside of this episode and see what it looks like from the inside. All right, guys. Coming at you uh, remotely from inside Kit's gutted car. Uh, mm. It is Season 3, Episode 14, Junkyard Dog. I got to tell you, Greg, this... So what are we at? Well, how long is a normal episode? About 48 minutes with this back in the 80s? Yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. If you if you took out every scene in this episode of a uh, a rebuild, a retraining, a destruction, if you took out every instance of that in this episode, how long do you think this forty eight minute episode could be whittled down to? I think you could probably get it down. Like if you just if you just left it as only dialogue, yeah, you'd probably get it down to about ten minutes or fifteen minutes. That's what I, I was think. thinking. Yeah. I was trying to time. All the moments where nothing happened. Well, I shouldn't say nothing happens, but I was trying to time the moments in the episode where mm-hmm. it was just, you know, strictly this, this kit rebuild moments. And it really, it comes out to almost 30 minutes worth of footage of them. And the story was just shoehorned in to work around <laughs> this complete right. rebuild of kit. Like I was, I, as I'm watching and, and watching this, like I'm like, this is a good story, but how the hell are they going to, have this come to a conclusion in 40 minutes and of course i know exactly how they're gonna do it they're just gonna end the episode right (laughs) they're just gonna end it with (laughs) michael making out with a woman he just met which i mean we'll get there but yeah that's that's exactly what happens so before we talk about the episode i have to tell you something that one of our listeners sent us on facebook um, earlier this week uh his name is adam and i believe adam i apologize if i'm wrong i think he's from australia Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a fellow podcaster. Uh, he actually sent us an excerpt from the book Knight Rider Legacy. Okay. Which I have to say I did look up after this to see how much it was because I want it. And it's selling even in like thrift bookstores online. It's selling for like 60 or 70 bucks. Well, that's, yeah, that's not awful. I mean, it's but not terrible, but it was. Maybe not the most pertinent purchase to make as, right now. As somebody who was affected by COVID-19 and is currently unemployed, as you are, I didn't <laughs> think 60 bucks would go over so well. So I mm-hmm. may have to wait on that. But he sent me an excerpt from the book where they directly talk about this episode. So mm. I wanted to read it, if you don't mind. It's about a paragraph and a half, but I'm going to read, read it, it for all of our listeners because I think it's actually, it, it, it talks really nicely about this episode. So it says, 
There were a lot of rewrites in the third season because they didn't know where to go with it. Although Lindheim, who was one of the producers, believed the format should remain unchanged, Foster and Sanford, who had just come in to the show, made the right decision and proceeded with the first of what we were supposed to have were many stories that incorporated their ideas, starting with this episode, Junkyard Dog. Now it says, while viewers had come to expect the destruction of Kit during Knight Rider's season premiere, many fans were no doubt surprised to witness Kit's obliteration in the middle of the season three with this episode. The episode also marked the one and only time that Kit was damaged enough to warrant Devin calling doctors Breland, Yamada, and Von Vorman, the original scientists on Wilton Knight's team that built him. Producer Gerald Sanford recalls, they kept changing the show, trying to find a way to build an audience. They had a terrific new script called Junkyard Dog. It was darker and more aimed at the things that Foster and I were trying to do. However, they just did it that one show and then went right back to the safe Knight Rider premise. Okay. So I think it's interesting that they were trying to take the show with this script into kind of a darker direction, and then they basically mm-hmm. squashed it after this episode. It's funny they say darker, because, I mean, it was... I guess more heart wrenching, but it wasn't like I didn't feel like it was that much of a departure no, from the show. I didn't, but I mean when I, when they say they wanted to take it in a darker direction, like it makes me wonder, like were they going to try to just find weird ways to destroy Kit every time? Like but is that? It, it, it's so uh, it's so strange because I I did I thought Kit was more or less indestructible. Like right. I didn't think that the, the the stuff that happened to him in this episode, he's dealt with much worse, and I, I felt it kind of strange and very inconsistent with yeah. the story so far. But yeah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, I could. It was definitely a different a different feel. It was one of the more serious episodes. You know what? It it felt like one of the serious MacGyver episodes. Yes. Though not as serious as having Booker get a Colombian necktie. <laughs> I don't think anything will ever get as dark as that 80s <laughs> That moment. was the darkest. That's the darkest episode ever. But um, <laughs> it was it was going down that road for what sure. You, what do you think it would look like for Kit to get a Colombian necktie? <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> I think his radiator would have to fall out of the grill. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That'd be um, awful. So, all, so there, there's not a whole lot of plot in this episode because the 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 plot that kind of arches around these moments is very thin like it, it involves this guy uh they they call him acid jack <laughs> acid jack we're gonna call him aj for the rest of the episode because i don't want to that's things. easier they and they didn't call him aj in it at all did they no they it's acid jack or just straight up jack yeah <laughs> Um, so the majority of the episode revolves around Kit being rebuilt. We'll get there in a few, mm-hmm. but the episode opens with, with, uh, I believe it's, it's Acid Jack driving this, like, tanker at full speed down the roads, draining toxic chemicals out onto the road, killing or, like, mortally wounding all the animals on the farmland that he's driving through. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, uh... Like just watching livestock drop dead on the side of the road. So Super I, great. I was having visions of, um... Killzone, the MacGyver episode. Yeah, I mean that was that was a satellite from fell, that fell from Earth, but yeah, that had a toxic whatever chemical in it. It was a oh rap- no, that's the one. That's the one with uh where Doctor Sandra Milhouse aged really fast it and was, her dog it, died oh, in her arms. Ace, Ace right? <laughs> Ace, Ace aged his entire dog life in like five minutes in front of their eyes. 
Now that was Remember another that? dark episode. Yes, I do. Oh, that's true. Man, MacGyver really was pretty awful. Oh my god. Okay, so <laughs> so Michael's driving and Devin calls Michael. And so Devin, the first thing we get of Devin, and I had to laugh because like when the camera opens, Devin's just sitting in an armchair with a with a cup of tea, just sipping it, and he tells Michael that he will not be able to do anything to help him on this mission because he's injured his back. And he tells him that Bonnie is going to actually be taking his place and pulling double duty on this mission to try to bring down Acid John. Jack. Jack. I wrote Acid, acid John. Jack. Acid, acid Jack. Jack John. John Jack. Acid. acid. So, But the funny thing is Devin said, you know, so Bonnie's going to be taking over because I don't want to hear any wisecracks about falling off a bar stool yes. or blah, blah, blah. Like Michael's going to give him shit for pulling his back. So Devin's not going in at all. Right. So just jumping ahead, there's a, a scene later on with Bonnie and Michael in Devin's office. Yeah. And Devin's not there. So based on this video call, Devin must be someplace else, not at the foundation. And I'm presuming in his own house somewhere. So he has in an which, office. Yeah. <laughs> in, in which, so behind Devin in this scene is a nice harp, a nice big harp. So I guess Devin's taking harp lessons now or has uh, sure. been. Or maybe that's guess. just one of his, like, you know, secret, secret things. I don't know. Like, he's got, like, you know how we talk about his military careers all, like, redacted and blacked out? Right. But he's, like, a world-class harpist. <laughs> maybe that's and- why, maybe that's how he pulled out his back. He was trying to pull the harp in so that he could play mm. for some function for the foundation, and he strained his back trying to pull the harp out of his bedroom. He was trying to move the harp upstairs or downstairs. Yeah, and he pulled his back out. That's, maybe that's it. Um, I mean, so, it's not as exciting as some of the reasons we came up with. We, sh- I will say the the last one I think is my favorite. That's the one Greg and I texted for about twenty minutes about the reasons why Devin sprained his back. Now, Greg, you're the one who came up with this one. So the one that you came up with was which one, Greg? Um, we we decided that Devin Miles sprained his back because he was bench pressing a geisha to show off how strong he was. <laughs> um, but some, just some of the other ones, just, I'm not going to go through all, all of them because they're pretty gnarly. Um, uh, but some of them were tantric sex, mini golf, driving a panzer, um, uh, digging for truffles and fighting his shoemaker over a bill. Um, you know, that sort of stuff that, you know, only the kind of things that Devin Miles would get himself involved in. Oh, God. So all's that to say, Devin, is only in one other scene very quickly in the episode and he takes a back seat because this really is about Bonnie. This is a great episode that showcases Bonnie's skills to the umpteenth degree. And Michael even comments on how great she actually is at her job, which I Mm -hmm. loved. I absolutely loved. So acid Jack is, I I guess he runs waste disposal sites. Like what the fuck does he actually do? He he's a, he's a Jack of acid. Of course. He's the jack of all acids? He's the jack. He's the acid jack. <laughs> yeah. He wears... What we don't see is that from the waist down, he's wearing a jester outfit, like jester tights and like shoes with bells on them. Oh, my He's God. the acid jack. Oh, God. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, of course. He carries a scepter in the front seat. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So, okay. So... The foundation has been tracking him for quite some time, and they the last two times they have seen Acid Jack. He's holding a briefcase both times, and what they're assuming is in this briefcase is information about his dumping chemicals 
there's enough info in those briefcases to bring him down and put him in prison. Is that what mm-hmm. I, is that to, is that what I understand? Yes, yeah, but the guy keeps moving stuff around, so absolutely, yeah, they're trying to get him with this briefcase. And okay. Whatever. Okay. Something. So Kit finds a highly toxic combination of chemicals on the ground, and they're on their way to this waste disposal site to try to find Acid Jack and question him, essentially. And as they're driving, Michael sees a woman, uh, kind of holding a, a, a half dead calf. Um, <laughs> in a field. Her name is Fran, and she's like a professional photographer, and she's going out to photograph wildlife, but she can't because all the animals she keeps finding are dead. <laughs> well, she can still she can still photograph them. I, they're just you know. I guess. They're. I mean, they're gonna. They're not gonna be moving in the pictures anyway. That's true. That's true. So explain to me why Michael, why this woman was trying to bring this calf to her car that Michael helps her carry. She wasn't. Michael convinced her to. So she was. Oh, okay. She was out there. And Michael. Michael's driving down the road, and Kit said, "Oh, look. You know, there's all the same chemicals here that were in that truck and all the stuff." So he's realizing these horrible chemicals are all over the place. And Michael sees all these dead cows and then this woman out there cradling one. So okay. he immediately stops the car and runs out and tries to help. And she's like, no, it's too late. They're all dead and all this stuff. He's like, come on. we got to do something. Okay. So one thing, though, I think is really funny is that – well, maybe – no, it's not funny. It's actually very terrifying um, that all these cows and animals have died because they dumped these chemicals on the ground, presumably the day before or that day or something yep. like that. So Michael and this woman happily run out there and start hugging them and the hugging the, the cows and like trying to move them and physically grabbing them and they're still completely covered in these chemicals. Yeah. So yeah, I I just thought, I thought it was funny that Kit let Michael out at all to go running around out in the field. Preservation of human life, my ass. Like <laughs> clearly, Kit should have known that. <laughs> I know. Um, I know. <laughs> so he helps this woman put the calf in the car. She drives away, and we cut to later that night, or maybe it's God. They must have been driving for a while because the next scene, Kit and Michael arrive at the waste site, and it's dark. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know how long they had been driving for. So they get over there, and Kit scans the area, and they find the safe inside an office that probably contains the documents that they're looking for. Perfect. How convenient. Shocking. So Michael heads in. Kit pops the combination on the lock and opens the filing cabinet. And Michael- From like hundreds and hundreds of feet away, Kit again has telepathic power, telekinesis or whatever, you know, and he can move lock tumblers yep. somehow. Oh, yeah. But what I love about this lock is that they just took like a... Uh, a, a dial, like a, com- a combination lock dial, and stuck it on a, fi- a filing cabinet. Oh, no, that's it. That's, that's absolutely it. That's all, all they did. Th- that's all they did. That's all they needed to do. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> it's perfect. So I did love this scene. So there's a scene in between this where you guys see a guy who's like taking a break at the site and he goes to light a cigarette. And I appreciated this moment because most idiots in the 80s like that would just start smoking in front of these hazardous chemicals. But he looks at the drum. Uh, the, the, the 55 gallon drum that says hazardous chemicals. And he's like, oop, oop, nope. And he puts it back and he walks away. I guess I won't blow myself up. I kind of appreciated that because you don't see, you don't see it a lot with these jabronis in these episodes. It's very true. Yeah. They're all pretty, pretty stupid. But then the the episode would have been over right then because the whole place would have blown up. Oh God. Yes. Absolutely. So, so Michael tells Kit that they, he found the mother load basically of all these files. This is enough to bring him down. So he has Kit. Somehow take images and upload them. I don't know what what fucking camera he was using. His watch. I, I'm gonna have to I say guess it's it was, the watch. Yeah, it has okay. to be. 
It is. So, yeah, yeah, he has Kit, like, take all these images and stuff and downloads all that. So yeah. now they have all the digital copies of whatever files they needed. Nobody yeah. really specified. So Michael hears a struggle going on outside. It's a, it's a female and and a guy who's working at the test site. And it turns out that it's it's Fran, the photographer, who's broken in to try to get images. And so she's fighting with this guy. She bites the guy, runs away. Michael comes out. Um, he calls Kit to come in to save her. He chases two guys off down the other way. Um, what were you going to say? Well, the funny thing, you, you just you just said it. She bites the guy that was, like, a, a, yeah. attacking her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's screaming bloody murder. And I think it's hilarious because she bites his arm through his leather jacket. There's no way that should not that that should well, not have she, hurt or, that much. Or I'm just gonna go with that. She's got like an amazing bite. You know, she might she might have some beautiful pearly whites under there. You Absolutely. never know. Or they're all you know. Or they're all like um. Well, what what's that character's name in in uh that James Bond film with the uh, oh Jaws. Uh, Jaws, yeah, Jaws, Duh, yeah. Jaws. Maybe she's got. She doesn't have all, her natural teeth. Maybe they're like you know, titanium or ceramic. Now ceramic would crack. Ceramic, but ceram- <laughs> ceramic teeth. She's got really hard ceramic teeth. And she can, she can, she bites hard like a uh, like a police dog. She has to whenever they whenever she needs to reinforce the teeth. She has to put her face in a kiln. <laughs> Put her face in a kiln? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so moving along. So Kit comes in mm. to save her. He, Kit chases off two guys. Michael fights a couple of the guys. And as this is happening, we see this this forklift come out of nowhere, just like bursting through these crates and is out of nowhere, just lifts Kit up on the lift. And Kit, at this point, is like, he sounds terrified. <laughs> During this like, Michael, scene. help me. He's like, help me. And this is, help me. I think this is only the second time that we see Kit incapacitated by being picked up off the ground. Yeah. He can't do anything. Can't go anywhere. There's nothing I he think can that's do. That's it. Absolutely. Um, no. So the forklift comes in and dumps Kit into the toxic waste pit. And he's like, and this is so sad because Kit's like, Michael, help me. And he starts, like, <gasps> his, his voice box starts slowing down to a complete crawl. And uh, some great model work in this part, too, because you see Kit just mm-hmm. starts sinking under the toxic waste as the voice box starts to just completely putter out. Oh, God. It's another, like, HAL 9000 Daisy Daisy kind of thing. Daisy, yes. Daisy, Daisy. Michael, help me. Michael, oh. Michael, help me. Oh, it was so, it's so sad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it, was just... it was, because he's like going down like a, like a, a sinking ship and Michael's like, I can't, I can't help you. I'll come back. Like, I don't know if they mentioned it earlier. I don't, I, I totally forgot what we were talking about 10 minutes ago. Me but too. one thing about these toxic chemicals is that they dissolve things. Yes. Yeah. They're so corrosive that the barrels that they're in are just melting and stuff. So Kit is like, melting sinking into this bog of crap and like you know his his brain is getting fried the thing that gets me though it's like i thought that kit's shell the paint job or whatever was bulletproof indestructible the same stuff they put on goliath i thought it would you couldn't destroy it and then kit is clearly airtight and watertight because they've been underwater before they've um they've survived gas so i'm like where, what is in this stuff or, or is it just regular everyday nasty chemicals and why is Kit right. dissolving? I don't get Completely. it. Completely. 
Well, yeah, because he absolutely is completely gone. When we come back from that commercial and they're towing Kit out of the toxic waste, he's completely gutted to only a sh- the shell. Like, there's nothing left. Everything is gone. That was the thing. Like, everything's gone. The dashboard's gone. The seat is gone. The steering wheel's gone. The paint is peeled off. Like, there's nothing left. Off the windows are open. The trunk's popped open. The one thing, though, after dissolving everything inside, that acid or whatever it is couldn't dissolve his tires. So the toughest part on Kit are his tires, apparently. I mean, we've seen that a couple times. Like, you can't penetrate those tires. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, clearly clearly, whatever this toxic sludge was is enough for uh, uh, to not destroy those tires. <laughs> what... Do you think it's not? I was trying to think of like what could the sludge be, even though they talked about what it is, but could, I don't know. Could it be like Michael's tears or something like that? It's like Michael's. No, that's te- terrible. Michael's, Michael's te- tears <laughs> dissolving kit. That's not fair. No, that's not good. That's what not if it nice. was a uh, Mike? It's it's uh, a physical manist a physical manifestation of Michael Long's memories. Is <laughs> just this sludgy dissolving tar shit. <laughs> sludgy dissolving tar shit done <laughs> i love it <laughs> yeah. so so this this whole scene the rest of the episode well not the rest of the episode but a good chunk of this episode is now them trying to kind of rebuild kit so acid jack arrives after they're pulling kit out of the out of the sludge and basically tells michael don't come back here under any circumstances and i'm going to give you a free pass now but if i see you again you're done Basically. Yeah, then Michael's like, well, yo, the next one's on me. Because Massa Jack's like, you know, I'm letting you out of jail for free kind of thing. And Michael's right. like, ah, uh, we got a score to settle. Yeah. And Bonnie's basically trying to get Michael's like, Michael, let's get Kid out of here. Let's just go. Right. Absolutely. And it's, what, it's weird, though, because I guess nobody called the cops or anything. I, I don't know how this is all being handled. So, right. like, April's not April. Jeez, Bonnie's there. Michael's there. A tow truck is there. And I think it's funny that they, they're actively pulling Kit out of this swamp of crap. And the guys that are washing Kit off are like wearing like protective suits. Yeah. But then the next thing we see is Michael and Bonnie jumping up on the tow truck and like looking inside of Kit, who is completely vaporized. There's nothing inside, but still covered in this toxic stuff. Right. I think it, out of all of this, so it just makes me think like maybe Michael is immune. It you know. makes you it makes you wonder if he is or not because it, it 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 makes no sense that he's like opens the car door and he's just like yeah. putting his hands all over the car but everyone else has got you know, so suits. It makes me think though that so they it makes me think that the foundation did more to Michael than just replace his face. Oh God, yes, absolutely. Watch, he's, he's actually a cyborg, and and is the is you know we've talked about how Kit and Michael have like the uh, uh, the suppository key fob. <laughs> Um, the only way that Michael can work. Well, the only way that Michael is working with Kit is because he's the other part. He's actually a, like a cyborg and like actually interfaces with Kit, but he doesn't know it. Right. And Kit doesn't know it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But the foundation, the only one person in the foundation knows and it's Will tonight and he's dead. And he's so. dead and there's nothing. He, he was buried with that secret. Um, so this next scene I love because Bonnie basically tells Michael, like, Michael, kid is gone. Like, there's nothing left of him. Stop trying to talk to him. Like, I can't repair him from what is going on with him. I'm going to have to recreate everything that was made from scratch. But he's, Mm -hmm. he's like, but she was like, he's probably not going to be like the kit that you know. This is the best that I can do. 
Mm-hmm. And it's such an emo- it's such an emotionally wrenching scene because Michael's like, "What do you mean you can't rebuild? What do you mean you can't do? Well, then bring him back, bring this back." And she's like, "I'll, I'll try to bring him back, but mm-hmm. he's not going to be the same as he was. This is I can do the best I can." So Michael calls Devin and says to him, "Like we need the original team that built Kit from Wilton Knight. Like we need we need them back because we need to recreate Kit." And I love that this scene, this montage when the when the team comes together, this montage, Michael refuses to leave kit's side this entire scene like will not go anywhere to the point where we have a montage of him just reminiscing on his past rides with kit (laughs) i was i was really worried for a second that this would become a clip show oh my god yes um, that you know michael's having these dreams and flashbacks of all the time that kit you know would turbo boost over this or that happy time that they drove through a wall together all that kind of stuff (laughs) but i thought it was gonna this would turn into a clip show yeah to give to to fake the time needed to rebuild Kit, but did you notice the music played during the the montage of rebuilding scenes? Did I notice? No, I didn't. So it's not the music, but it's a ripoff of the music from like Beverly Hills Cop. Really? Yeah. Huh. I dun, didn't notice dun, that. Dun, 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 dun. You know that that whatever song. I don't know the name yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like a a a different version of it. Oh my god! I'll have to go back and listen now because that I I should have been able to pick on that. Damn it, <laughs> son of a bitch! But it was also one of the slowest, most boring montages I've ever seen. Like it oh, was it really was the pacing. I don't like. I don't know if it was me- it was meant to be a montage, but I don't know what kind. But it was definitely slow and odd, but fun. Yeah. Like I enjoyed it. But this was just another thing where I was thinking, how are they going to wrap this up in forty minutes, forty eight minutes? Because, because you're goes, spending so much time on this montage. Yes, and this goes on forever because I love that the, the, when the team comes together, they bar- they have barely any lines throughout the whole episode. They don't talk. It's just them working on Kit. But I do love this one moment where Michael uses this 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 moment watching Bonnie work to commend her for like how actually she's like, he's like, you know, I've never really noticed, but you're really fucking good at your job. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, he, and he he's said like, it just like that too. I wish he had. And there's that nice acno- there's that nice acknowledgement on Bonnie's part where she basically just says yeah well thank I like she kind of you can tell the appreciativeness of that comment to her you know um, and and it's it, it, and again this is another episode where I really see just the sh- how how overlooked Bonnie is like she just yes. gets the shit and all the time yep. and here's another episode like her her project her baby kit just got freaking dissolved yeah. And it's not, this one isn't like, maybe, it's not really a direct result of Michael being careless or crazy, but, you know, it's still a result of him, I don't know, breaking into, I don't know, it's just like, it seems like she's always really getting all the really hard, nasty stuff, and no one appreciates it. Nope. And that's, and this was just a nice scene where Michael finally was able to sort of put those into words and tell her like you know what you're really good at your job and you don't get enough appreciation for it so it was just nice mm-hmm. to see that so it really was we, yeah and she appreciated th- it it was great this is where we get the next scene in Devin's office where michael calls fran the photographer into the foundation so we know that now Devin he clearly has his setup somewhere else and so she's showing him pictures of the toxic waste site and she, you know, she's recounting this story about how she came into this. And she talks about how, you know, one summer after she got home from school, she was at her lake house and the whole environment had completely changed. And turns out that Acid Jack had a waste disposal site near the lake house. 
And after a year and a half, the Department of Health began filing reports about it. And then the next day after the Department of Health got into this, the disposal mm-hmm. site shockingly burned to the ground. <laughs> right. I, I, so it's it's. Uh, I, I almost was hoping for a better, a better villain, a better villain. I guess. Like I'm tired of people like covering their tracks by burning everything to the ground. I know. I know. <laughs> like it seems like a lot of the villains in this show kind of do that. They use arson as an easy way out. And it's kind of lazy feel- because it doesn't really destroy everything. It is. It is kind of an every way out. I mean, if as we learned from uh, from Tiger King, Greg, it is the easy way out. <laughs> what What is the easy way out? Burn it to the ground. Kill all the animals I, inside. I know. You know. I think. I think the easiest way to get rid of all this toxic waste is to have a tiger eat it, <laughs> and then and then feed that tiger to another tiger using, uh, um, oh God, what is it? Uh, not salmon oil. <laughs> the hell am i thinking about salmon oil shut the what fuck are you talking up, about i hate you salmon oil peanut oil snake oil snake oil what does that have to do with anything shut the shit up let's move on <laughs> greg it's fine been, i've been in quarantine for too long it's only been 30 days but <laughs> i know it's actually I, I i don't know sure i'll take your word for it i believe i don't know how long it's been that's fine so what's next so michael basically meets acid jack outside his office and kind of just let her lays the pressure on him tells tells acid jack like i'm on to you i'm coming after you just be ready for me and so fran tells michael like now that the pressure's on and he knows that somebody's on him she's like guarantee you this toxic waste site's going to be burned to the ground (laughs) he's like i can almost guarantee (laughs) you that this site will be burned to the ground within a week i I, you know It's so simple, and, and, but but I do kind of like how she she predicted it, so they got a plan in place to f- make it happen and then catch them in the act. Yes. I thought that was really clever. I did like that. Um, so now we have more. So Kit has been quote unquote. Uh, no, he's not rebuilt completely yet. So more montages of Bonnie and the crew continuing to work on Kit. He's getting a little bit better. At one point, Michael starts trying to talk to him, and Kit is responding very slowly and quietly. Uh, it kind mm-hmm. of Michael starts to feel a little bit better about that. I thought that was a nice. But he's moment. still he's like it's not the same Kit, and it's Bonnie asks like how to go, and he's like he's not the same. He's not the same. But then Bonnie like freaks out. She's like, "What did you expect, Michael? I'm yeah. doing the best I can." Like, kind of like goes a little nuts, and and Michael understands she's she's really you know scared and upset about all this too. Yeah, but really like just kind of snaps. <laughs> it you know what deservedly so. She's dealt with a lot of mm-hmm. shit from Michael and Devin for you know two years. She deserved yeah. that moment to tell Michael like, "What the fuck do you want me to do? Like, I'm doing everything I can, and you're basically telling me that what I'm doing isn't good enough." <laughs> But like he's he wasn't though, you know, and like and he's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Like I, he's just different. She's like, what did you expect? Of course he's different. I said he's no. completely rebuilt. <laughs> and you know the thing is, like in all this time too, this is one of the toughest episodes and toughest times for Michael and Bonnie. Yeah, and Devin isn't there. <laughs> no, he's not. He's-, he's off convalescing somewhere in an opium den. That's what Devin does. So Which, Devin can get okay. So so I know he Devin threw his back out, but like Devin gets a day off, but he's gonna call Michael at any point to tell him to come off of his freaking vacation. What the fuck? Come I on, know, Devin. Right? And like, oh, this the, what does he do? Where is he? What, I mean, come on, Devin. 
He can see. Yeah, like he. He probably wakes up in the middle of the night, you know, and he's bored because Devin can't sleep. So he goes up and makes himself like a nightcap or something and is in his bathrobe. Oh, yeah. Watches like, watches like the shopping channel for, for half an hour, gets bored and calls Michael and tells him to go do something. That's yes. what I expect. Yes, that's what he does. It's just like Devin could have very easily been sitting at his desk in the foundation after throwing out his back. And still done his job. But no, he gets to have the time off to recuperate, but he's going to tell Michael at any point of the day, go do this for me, you piece of shit. Because <laughs> that, that's exactly how he would punctuate it. Exactly. Michael, you piece of shit. Michael, you stupid piece of shit. Go do this for me, you butthole. <laughs> that is totally not what would happen. No, it's not. All right. So uh, let's cut to the test track. So. Okay, test track. Kid has been... Uh, Kid has been repaired to the best of their ability. So the team is out on this test track and they're just, they're, they're having Kit go through the motions. He's going around these like cones. He's doing pretty well, but he's, he's really wobbly. Like he's hitting some of the traffic cones. He's turbo boosting, but it's not quite high enough to clear, uh, the ramp that he's got. Um, one of the team members at this point actually recommends to Michael and Bonnie that because of this, Kit be reclassified for light duty because they're fearing that he's only trying to be adventurous so he doesn't mm-hmm. want to let because he doesn't want to let Michael down. Right. Unbelievable. Like I couldn't it's it's so sad because yeah, Kit they're trying to reclassify Kit, but they they basically say Kit is hesitating because he doesn't want to get hurt again. Right. So And he- Michael's like, well can't we just reprogram him? You know, like why can't we just like get rid of it? And it's like it's as Bonnie said before, Kit is more than the sum of his parts. He's yes. become this sentient creature, this being, um, and he's actually scared to get melted, I guess. Which should make sense. Most people are scared to get melted. So he's absolutely becoming self-aware to the point where he do- he doesn't want to disappoint Michael. So he's trying so hard to do what he used to do, but he just cannot bring himself to do it because he's he's fear he has a level of fear. Mm-hmm. That that freaking artificial intelligence should not have, and it's really fascinating because they're like, you know, Kit was fearless before, but now that he's been really close to not existing anymore, right. he's terrified of. It. He's like, doesn't want to do it. And they said, you know, I I bet you if you put him back in service, he's going to come up with excuses to not do things. Yes. Um. And Michael doesn't take it. He's like, no. Yeah. We're we're in this together, and we're gonna we're gonna start practicing when we get back on. We're gonna get going again. And it's and the, Bonnie's on board a hundred percent. And quite possibly the saddest part of the scene is when Kit pulls up to Michael to ask how he did, and then his fucking tailpipe catches on fire. <laughs> and Michael, I know. Has to go, but I'm like, he oh. catches fire. He's like, oh, oh, and he I'm runs sorry. off, and it's really sad. And and the thing is, even at this point, Kit's still like in primer paint, so he's still he's gray. He yeah. almost looks like Car. Yes, you know, yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy. And one thing I'm thinking, okay, so yeah, Kit's a one of a kind, but they built more than one. They bit, built Car, so I bet right. they built more. And so, granted, yes, he's all he's all electronics and and hardware. But did you notice in some of the montage scenes when he was back in the in the shop? They put him back in that portable television set. Yes, they did. I noticed that. First yeah. thing I noticed when they when they brought his voice back. So Absolutely. Kit, Kit's brain is in back in that portable television set, and uh, he looked really sad. <laughs> he really he looked did. really sad. Okay. Sad. So Michael okay. tells Kit at this point, like you said, Greg. Michael's like, "All right, we're gonna get you back to where you were before. We're gonna make this happen to the best of our abilities." 
So we have this one quick cutaway to Fran outside of Acid Jack's office, and she's taking mm-hmm. photos of him with this guy that we don't know who he is yet, but she seems to think that this is what they need to bring him down. So she's snapping mm-hmm. these photos, and she brings them to Michael a little bit later. So more montage of Bonnie working with working on Kit, but this time Michael is like in the fray, and he's really helping out this time. And I love this scene because it's starting to grow that relationship that I've always wanted to see for three <laughs> seasons between Michael and Bonnie, and they're really mm-hmm. pushing it further in this scene. You know, Michael, the final thing that Michael has to do is give Kit that final paint job to make him really feel like himself again. Oh, absolutely. But I, I think it's funny that, you know, Kit's magical paint comes out of just a regular spray gun. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, that's I thought, all it is. I don't know. I thought there was a lot more involved when they painted uh, Goliath, but whatever. It what was, do I know? It, it doesn't was, matter. It was laser paints, Greg. <laughs> laser paint. Okay, that's oh, that's a good band name. Uh, but uh, yeah, like Michael, I guess Michael paints Kit basically essentially with a spray paint can and like doesn't mask anything off. He just like all the windows are covered in paint, like the the lines are all crooked. No, Michael did a great job. <laughs> it's like you can still see the gray undercar, the underbelly, just like <laughs> it's just not thick enough, or like the coating is all different layers and like drips, and it's just a mess. Like, look, kid, I painted you up. Jesus. Like Michael thinks he did a great job, but he just went to Walmart, or well, what was, no, Walmart didn't exist. Well, I guess it did. I think it did, did back in the mid eighties. Yeah. Uh, he goes to Kmart. And he goes to Kmart and he gets like some really shitty spray paint. And Jesus, that's how he does Michael, it. Michael, I told you that we could have done this far better than you. Guys, it looks great. Kit, do you feel like yourself? Actually, Michael, no. <laughs> Actually, no, Michael. No, I, I feel he, like he, he, he like airbrushed like a, like a, a, a buxom woman on the, on the hood. And Kit <laughs> just doesn't scene? like it. What's the scene, the Tom Green special where he, he spray painted his parents' car with the, with the lesbians yeah. on the hood? <laughs> yeah, making out and he drove it to pick his dad up at the bus stop. <laughs> Or his dad refused to drive it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. So Michael gets Kit back to the test track after he's been repainted and he's good. Michael's really pushing Kit to the limit. Like he's commenting. He's talking to Kit. He's like, oh, man, it's great to be back behind the wheel. How does this feel? And Kit's like really starting to feel good about this. The test track goes flawlessly. Michael and Bonnie are like all over the place, like really excited. Michael attempts to do one last thing to make sure that this is good. He's going to he's gonna push Kit through this concrete wall and Kit starts hesitating. And Michael's like, well, buddy. You've done this through much thicker. Like, we're going to do this. So Michael gets ready to push it, and Kit overrides it and slams mm-hmm. on the brakes and stops short, just short of that wall, because he's just he still has this level of fear. Yeah, he really does. And Michael's like, what the heck happened? He, we've gone through thicker walls before. And Kit said, you know, my primary, my primary mission is to protect human life, and I just didn't want to go through this. Right. And he's like, right. you know... And this is the great scene. This is the scene that I've wanted to hear for a long time, too. So we're talking about, you know, April, uh, Bonnie and Michael getting these, getting closer and, you know, sh- showing how their relationship's grown. But this is also where Michael, you know, supports Kit telling him all the struggles he went through after he got shot in the face. And, yes. you know, Michael said, every time that I saw... Like someone light a cigarette or saw a match or a headlights on cars, I still would always see that gunshot and I would freak me out. And Kit asked him, How did you get over it? And he's like, I didn't. I just worked past it. Um yeah. and that's what he convinces Kit or like helps Kit to figure that out. And I thought that was awesome. That it the was, one thing a, yeah. about Michael, Kit didn't know yet. Yeah. It was the best best moment of the episode, potentially, of this whole season. Like that was a great moment of just that awesome character moment for Michael to have with with Kit. I, I thought it was I thought it was absolutely just so well done. It really was, yeah, and that's it's awesome. So everyone's growing emotionally. I mean, that's what I see in this episode. Like it wasn't the best plot 
No. But it was a vessel for to show the the you know the growth in the relationship between Bonnie, Michael, and Kit. Absolutely. Um. So while this whole thing is going on, um, Fran has shown up at this point with the pictures, and uh, according to I don't know who runs the report. Um. Oh, maybe it was Bonnie who says it. Uh, the pictures of Acid Jack are with this guy named Mike Zamagian, who's apparently like, oh, <laughs> or whatever the fuck his name was. I wasn't paying attention. It was, whatever. And neither was I, but he's like the, some world-class arsonist. Sure. Okay. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> whatever. So they're like, all right, well, let's set this up. Let's tell the cops to set up a roadblock. Let's get this, let's get this figured out. Let's do it. And so they're, as they're mm-hmm. at the, they're at the waste site getting ready to do this, you know, kid is starting to overcome this fear. And Michael, I'm sorry, not Michael, Mike. Mike is the arsonist. So Mike the arsonist and Michael the knight. Um, Michael the knight. So Mike the arsonist Michael. starts getting ready to like light up the site. Like He's dumping these drums of fuel and gasoline all over the ground. He gets the, he gets the flame, not the flamethrower. Basically, what, what was he using? He used cutting torches. He used a cutting torch. So he's getting ready to like light this up. He's got this like the, the, the line of fuel going right into the, the drums of fuel and he's going to blow this whole thing. And as he's getting ready to light it on fire, Michael comes up from behind and turns off the cutting torch. Which is such an ala- why, why, why not just use a match? Why have to light a cutting torch then use that to light the gasoline? Yep. Why not just light it with a match or a cigarette lighter that I'm sure you have because you definitely smoke. Oh, so, he's definitely know. a smoker. Absolutely. And But then they get into a, a, a really fast but good fist fight. Oh, it was great. While covered in gasoline and toxic chemicals. And so he leaves him there, assuming he's unconscious, and then tells Kit that they got to go after Acid Jack. I'm assuming that the cops are not far behind because they just left him unconscious. There's at any point he could have regained consciousness. Right, I know. And and, and it's just, but everyone's gone. So so um what's his name? Uh Acid Jack told the whole told his foreman whoever was at this plant. He said, "You got 15 minutes to get everybody out of here then it's going up." Right. So in that time like everyone's gone and like so the only people left are um I'm going to call him Torch Job. Torch Job. And Acid okay. Jack. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, and and then Michael and Kit. Yep, and then they just get into this battle royale, and it's amazing. It's great. So Kit, you know, so Acid Jack's driving the Killdozer, and he's coming around the corner, and he's chasing them all around the toxic waste site. At one point, Kit ends up behind Acid Jack. No, he turbo boosts over the front of Acid Jack, turns around, and basically leads Acid Jack to the front of the toxic waste dump where mm-hmm. Kit fell in, and then Kit just basically barrels into the back of Acid Jack and drives the forklift into the co- into the toxic waste dump. Well, let's be clear about what this thing is. It's an enormous front-end loader yep. like from like for, like, mining. And, like, Kit relatively easily pushes it into this big sinking bog of eternal stench. Yep. But so we also haven't heard anything about Kit's alpha circuits. Do you think they just did away with that in the first season? Because we never hear about them again. I know. If anything, like his alpha circuit, like I, I don't understand. Yeah. Like we never hear about his alpha circuits at all anymore. And he's been through way more than he ever has been. Yeah. So let's assume I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt that April and or Bonnie figured out what the problem was and fixed it. So let's just say that. I'm just going to say they fixed it. Let's assume it because there's no way that he would have gone through this long without blowing those alpha circuits on what he's doing. So he pushes, he pushes the, he pushes the loader into the toxic waste dump. I thought for about 
20, 30 seconds that AJ or Acid Jack was going down with the front loader and was just going to get dissolved. Oh, oh, man. Wouldn't that be something like dissolved in a cocoon inside of his uh, this front end loader and get completely melted? Yeah. Oh, that would be something else. No, but he gets out and he's like standing on the top of the top of the front loader, like yelling for help. He's like, can somebody can somebody give me a hand? Come on. Get me out of here. You got to get me out of here, please. Please. Yeah. Nope. Let's take pictures of you. Well, a smile. So a uh, photo friend comes back and takes some photos of uh of of Acid Jack and which ultimately get on the cover of Newsweek or something like that. It was like it was an equivalent of what you know something yeah. like that. Yeah. News time. Yeah. Uh, and Michael New- and Fran are having a a picnic in the mm-hmm. semi because it's raining, and um, so Kit starts. You know, we know we we realize that Kit has all of his personalities back because he he mentions at this point. He's like, I wish there may have been a little bit of recognition for me. You know, I'm the one who pushed Acid Jack into the pit. I would like to help myself image. <laughs> it's like, oh. I don't know. Like, it's Yeah, you're right. It's kind of weird. But, it's, yeah, I, you melted. You melted. You yeah. Dr- yeah, I'm sorry. You melted, though. Whatever, man. Well, so yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. So we end the episode with Michael and Fran ignoring Kit by making out in the back of the semi. And that's how the episode, oh yeah, and that's how the well, episode ends. Michael Michael takes Fran on a on a picnic, so they have like a picnic set up in the semi. Oh yeah, like, and she's like, "Well, at least there are no ants." He's like, "Hey, that's a really that's a really good point." So you know that they're making out in the back of the truck, and that poor Bonnie is up there working on a computer, <laughs> trying to ignore them as they they start having familiar relations um, on a on a fake picnic inside the semi truck. Well, you know. Bonnie is probably just doing everything she can to suppress every single feeling she's ever had for Michael every time he makes out with another woman. Oh, it's got to be so hard. Maybe, <laughs> and that's probably why she blows up at him a lot because she she loves him. She's like, she's totally into him. Yeah, I'm right here, and Michael. I'm right here. I'm right here. And that's and she deals with all this shit and and gets you know all the the bad jobs and no recognition just because she wants to be near Michael. She yes. loves him so much that she'll let him you know be an asshole and a fool. Um, yeah. and do all this other yeah. stuff. So she's so. just sitting up there in the front, just oh, Bonnie, listening to. I bet Michael's a loud maker outer. <laughs> do you? Th- I mean, like vocally or just mouth noise? You think it's mouth noise? It's mouth slapping. Like he just can't mm. stop. Like, <laughs> do you think he makes out with with everybody? Like you know, kisses from like the forties, <laughs> or it's just really hard and it's all like front. It's like. Mm. Oh, um, yes. Mm, mm. No passion, just a lot of pressure. Cracked teeth and bloody lips. It's going to be, it's great. <laughs> well, she's got, she's got ceramic teeth, so that's okay. <laughs> that's exactly right. Oh, God, your teeth taste like pottery. What is Michael, oh, why are ha- you sucking I, I my teeth? I have to cure them. Uh, I haven't, uh, I haven't glazed them yet. They're still raw. She's like, Michael, why are you sucking my teeth? What? Isn't that what everybody does when they make out? <laughs> <laughs> They're salty. <laughs> oh, so Greg, what'd you think of this episode? I loved it. I, I mean, loved it. it. I, I didn't like the plot all that much. I wish that I wish there was another way to do it, but I I, I like the fact that they were trying to show yeah. the relationship of of Bonnie and Michael and Kit better, yeah, yep. and that they just completely cut Devin out of the series or the season. I or thought the, it was whatever, great. I, think. This, I thought it was the great. episode. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you said it. I think I I can't really disagree with that. The 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 plot itself with the villain was kind of ho hum, mm-hmm. but they needed something uh-huh. to work into this destruction of Kit. I just. I would have taken a 48 minute episode where they just did this like rebuild of Kit and this didn't focus like maybe it just an, it was some stupid accident 
where kids yeah. fell into a toxic waste dump that had nothing. But to it's do. so it's just so interesting. I wonder why they did that. And it, it but it, I'm not. I I I'm glad they did. I glad they wrote this story. But I'm also thinking how much inconsistencies it showcased like why why would kit fall apart in this when he's so indestructible i don't get it and come up with something else it's more realistic that kit would be blown to bits like he already was right once right um and be rebuilt than to be melted like yeah. the wicked witch of the west i just i don't know i think it would have been interesting to see with these new producers when we were reading earlier would have been interesting to see what direction they were thinking of taking the show in if they were really truly trying to go in a darker way because it sounds like it just goes back to the normal uh, i know in the next episode you know and it's funny how you know we're we don't have any books. We don't have any knowledge of the show, behind the scenes stuff. We're just making all this backstory up, but it's fun to get these yeah. glimpses of the reality. But I, you know, I almost kind of just want to figure it out as we go along. So, yeah. Well, all that so to far. say, if anybody has a copy of the Knight Rider Legacy and would like to um, donate it to the worthy cause of our show, um, mm-hmm. I would like to have it. <laughs> Or, or, or even to uh, pick certain chapters or things that you find interesting, and we can go live together, and uh, we you could read bits of it. I think that'd be kind of fun. That, Share the knowledge that way too. That might be really fun too. So yeah, let us know. I'd love to. I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear more out of that book. Um, Greg, did you have yourself a Schmankman this week? Oh damn! Oh wow! No, I totally spaced on the Schmankman this week. How about you? I'll think of one. Uh oh, God! I don't. I don't know. Uh, okay, I got three, and I'll lump them all together. All right, go for it's, it. It's all three of the doctors that came back to rebuild Kit. <laughs> yes. Or scientists. All of them, because I don't think we ever met them in the first place, and this is the only time we're ever going to see them again. Yeah. And we don't know anything about them. And they came from all over the world just to work on this project. They dropped everything that they were doing wherever they were and came because Devin called them up. Yep. Yep. Devin Called has him up th- while convalescing with his bad back. Devin has that much power that he could make people do that. I think that's mm-hmm. great. All right, I got, I got mine. All right, you ready? Okay. It is actually, it is not a person. It is a thing. Um, and it is clearly the most fun I've seen in a set in a very long time. It's the whole thing right before Kit gets completely repaired. The, the, the set with all the blinking lights and the colors <laughs> and the two, like the tube lighting going through all the tubes yeah. and like running in it's and out. It's like rope. Yeah. Okay, that set. That whole set was just so fun to watch. Just like that, they had all this stuff like draped. The set dresser must have had a blast, like hanging all these lights. Over. It was it was really cool, and it brings up the question: Where the hell is it, and why haven't we seen it before? This lab. I thought they did everything in the in the uh, in the semi. Nope, they're in a lab somewhere in the foundation's property. I guess it was the foundation. I guess they never really said it. Nope, they did. The foundation has a car shop. Well, of course they do. We never see Kit in it. Absolutely. Oh God. Um. Yeah. Again, I'm gonna. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going with my trend of loving these episodes so much that I can't rate them. <laughs> this episode okay. was just fucking good, and I hope that next week's will be equally as good. But we'll see. You want to hear what's coming up next week? Yeah, please tell me, All please, right. please, please. <clears throat> next episode is season three, episode fifteen, buyout. Michael investigates a supposedly attack-proof limousine is destroyed, killing its driver. Suspecting that it was sabotaged to prevent a management buyout, he goes undercover as the replacement driver for another limousine. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, boy. He better not use his real name. That's all I'm saying. Oh, God. Come on. Yeah, come on, Michael. Pick some better fake names than your own name. He just name. changes his name to Michael Knight without the K. <laughs> That's Michael Knight. 
<laughs> you know, but the, for the whole thing, I think since he's become Michael Knight and not Michael Long, he's always using a fake name. So I just think he forgets. Michael Longdong? <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, boy. Um. All right. I think we're going to, I think that sounds like a really happy place to close out the episode. <laughs> well, let's get this done on a high All note. All right. If you guys want to get in touch with us, there are many ways to do that. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Champa Klein, Instagram at Knight Rider Years, Twitter at Champa Klein. You can visit our website, ChampaKlein.com, to find um, all the links to our social media. And, you know, there probably is a few episodes of something up there. I don't know what. <laughs> You'll, oh, find no. some, you'll find something over there. Um, you can call our hotline at 207-835-1954 and leave us a message about anything, and we will literally play anything you send us on the show. Uh, you can also leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way for us to be seen and heard by other listeners, and Greg and I are going up over four years podcasting, and we'd love to have some new people following our show. Gregory. Dave. Do you have I any- just burped closing thoughts before we say goodnight oh man this is fun it's weird but i'm glad we're still doing this I am too. and it was really sad to see kit melted i know broke my heart a little bit <laughs> it, did. it did oh buddy well that's okay we'll see kit in full force next week right i'm into it all Let's, right come on kit bring it back all right guys so for the night rider years i am devon's Oh, nope, not going there. I am De- <laughs> I am Devin's geisha. <laughs> I am a little calf being cradled by Michael. Aw, that's so cute. Aww, isn't it? <laughs> Have a fantastic week, everybody. I think you're in the wrong department. Discipline has never been a problem, my dear. Hang on to your fenders, pal. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.